No, it's fantastic to be with you all here this morning as well. Give me a wave if you've had a good holiday period, if you had a good Christmas, a good break, all that sort of stuff. Give me a wave just out of curiosity. How many people do we have in the room that love camping? I'll pray for you afterwards. It's fine. But can you believe that'll make sense in a little bit? But don't you love it when the Holy Spirit rocks up in the middle of a service? So during that altar call, I found myself rushing back to my chair to quickly, frantically change some notes that I'd had written down in there. Because God is moving this morning. And the message I'm going to bring actually ties in perfectly with what Pastor Charles was sharing this morning. And what's great about that is it must be from the Holy Spirit because we haven't spoken since the end of the last year, myself and the pastor. He had no idea what I'm going to share this morning, which means he must trust me. So it could go one or two ways. Who thinks it's going to go well or who thinks it's going to be slightly dodgy? Don't give me those thumbs up, slightly dodgy people. But can we believe that we're already at the halfway point of January for 2023? I feel like I blinked and Christmas came and went this year. And then to top it all off, I didn't even get a chance to watch Die Hard. I know you're all sitting there. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either, church. But hey, Deacon hasn't even watched Die Hard yet. And before you go, he's 12 weeks old. He's not old enough. Wrong. My dad showed me Alien at 13 years old and I haven't slept ever since, so it's fine. (laughs) But who feels that the older we get, it just feels like the years go faster and faster and faster. When Deacon was born, I remember having a conversation with my dad and he goes, enjoy this time with him. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I can remember when you were born and I feel like I blinked and now you're having a son. I thought that's very interesting that as we get older, time keeps keeps moving forward. But I always love this particular time of the year that we find ourselves in because the start of the year always brings with it a fresh start, hope for what's to come and a real sense of anything is possible. For many of us, this is actually a time when we stop and we go away and we create some space to slow down and enjoy the things that we usually otherwise don't get time for. For some of us, once again, this is not me, but for some of you, you like camping and that's okay because it means Pastor Charles will have great Stories to share with us, no doubt, from camping. And this is the first year in my life, and this is how I know I'm getting slightly older. I saw some photos of people camping, and I thought, you know what? That actually looks all right. So pray for me, church. That's not a word. I don't receive it, so it's fine. But for some of us, we like to spend this time slowing down, getting lost in a good novel, going to the beach, and doing all sorts of different things, and we take stock of what's happened over the years it's gone. But the point that I'm trying to make this morning is yes, for many of us, 2023 actually represents a new start. It represents a year that we can take the opportunities that are coming towards us. But a quick bit of a survey, and if you're watching online, you can give me a thumbs up. Give me a wave if you spent time this year reflecting on 2022 at all as we got to the end of the year. Did anyone take a moment to stop? Quite a few of us, if you're online, throw a thumbs up as well. Reflection can be hard. Because years can be hard. And for some of us, 2022 could have been an incredible year, like it was for myself and Talisha when we welcomed Deacon. For others of us, it could have been a hard year marked by loss. But when we stop and reflect, we can often see where God was at work throughout our lives over the past year. Now, some of you may know this, but I'm a list man. Give me a wave if we have any other list people in the room this morning. If your hand didn't go up, I don't know why it didn't go up, but 2023 is a new start, so you could become a list person at the end of the year. Me and Ty had this conversation on Friday. I said, are you a list man? He goes, I'm not a list man. I said, hmm, and just left it at that. So he can work it out from there. 
But I found myself going through a notebook the other day on my desk and I actually found my list of goals for 2022. Who would like to hear some of my goals for 2022? Even if you didn't, you're about to anyway, so you might as well act like you're enjoying it. But some of the things that I've written down were this. Goals for 2022. Get debt free. Start a family. Go on a trip to New Zealand. Get down to 85 kilos. Go on a motorbike, read, a motorbike ride at least once a month. And the question I know you're all bursting to ask is this. How many things did I get ticked off my list? Well, let's just put it this way. I haven't been on a motorbike ride in three months and I ate a lot of cake over Christmas. So you can work out the rest from there. And if we ran around the room this morning, I'm sure all of you that had a list as well would be able to say what you got achieved and what you didn't get achieved over the year. And for many of us, I'm sure we didn't quite get to all the things we wanted to get done over the year. And one of the reasons that could have been was sometimes in life there are factors that are outside of our control. We may have a goal, we may have a grand plan, but all of a sudden life happens. For others of us, if I could be more bold, we can have these lists and these goals, but we don't actually take any steps to achieving them. We write them down and we simply leave it as a written thought. And the reason I bring this up this morning, when we look at achieving goals, and if you notice I'm being very careful here not to use the term resolution, but instead goals, because a resolution is something that can come and go, but a goal is something we work steadily towards, is this. It can actually be the choices that we make that help us get towards the goal or not, or if I could be more bold, our willingness to see those things come to pass. And the question I found myself coming back to as I was praying and preparing the message this year was this. Are we ready to be faithful to what God is asking of us in 2023? The passage of scripture that we're going to be planting ourselves in this morning and I'm packing together with that question at the back of our minds is Acts chapter 9 verses 3 to 19, which recounts a character by the name of Saul's dramatic encounter with Jesus and his subsequent transformation. But he is not the only character we're going to be looking at as well. Whilst the focus of this story, when we hear it taught from a pulpit, is often around Saul, we actually forget another character that had a role to play in this story. But before we get into this passage together, why don't we take a moment to stand if you're able to, close our eyes and still our minds, and let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us through this passage of Scripture this morning. Heavenly Father, we slow down our minds as we come around your word. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're already moving throughout this service, Father. But Lord, I pray that as we open your living word, you speak to us where we're at this morning, Father. Speak to our souls. Give us direction, Father. Let any words that are from me fall away, Father, but what is from you, let it stay and pierce the soul. We love you so much, Heavenly Father, in your wonderful and holy name. Amen. Amen. You may take a seat. So the passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at, as we said, is Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 19. And the book of Acts, for a little bit of context, is the second part of a two-volume work, along with the Gospel of Luke being part one. And both books were dedicated to a man by the name of Theolosis. In, this, we see the, in the book of Acts, we see the emphasis on the work of God through the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believers who devoted themselves to Jesus and how they bore witness to the good news of Jesus among both Jews and Gentiles and established the church as we know it. As, he, as we read in He Reads Truth Bible phrased it, throughout this book we see the church being built city to city through the dramatic power of the Spirit working through believers. I don't know about you, but if I read that line and the thought of churches being built city to city 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, something inside me got excited when I read that. Don't we want to see that in our modern age as well? Churches being planted and grown through a move of the Holy Spirit. And specifically in chapter 9, as we touched on before, we're introduced to two different characters. The first being Saul of Tarsus, who was tasked with persecuting the followers of Jesus. And as we'll see through this passage of Scripture, has an incredible encounter with Jesus and eventually goes on to become known as Paul the Apostle, who is responsible for writing much of the New Testament that we have today. So reading together from verse 3, and it will pop up on the screen behind me as well. As he, Saul, travelled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul replied. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, he replied. But get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men who were travelling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him to Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. Well, I don't know about you, but if that happened to me, that would absolutely get my attention, amen? And often when we hear this passage of Scripture taught, this conversion moment where Saul is blinded is often the main focus of it. And there's so much you can unpack that even the fact when we got that line where he just sort of skips over, he goes, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. What an application to our spiritual worlds as well, but that's not what we're going to get in today because we usually focus on this conversion, but we actually miss a second character as we keep reading by the name of Ananias. Ananias was a follower of Jesus who was living in Damascus, which fun, fun fact, Damascus is actually the oldest capital city in the world. The street called Straight that we read in this passage of Scripture, you can actually walk today. It still exists, which is just mind-blowing that you can walk where all this went down. So we're going to pick up the story from verse 10. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. What an interesting response. Get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas and ask for a man of Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming and placed his hands on him so he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has the authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias went and entered the house. He placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road you were travelling has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptised. When I read about what Ananias does in this passage of Scripture, the question I pose to myself and I pose to all of us here today is, would we be willing to do the same? As we see in there, Ananias knew perfectly well who Saul was and the authority he carried. Saul was not your average run-of-the-mill person you go pray for. Saul had the authority to kill Ananias. But what is Ananias' response? As we see in verse 10, here I am, Lord. He was willing to go to Saul, a man who was a known persecutor of believers because he was asked to by Jesus. But when he gets there, what really fascinated me was that he calls Saul brother. 
Saul's done all these things, but Ananias doesn't greet him with hostility. He greets him as a brother. We could spend a whole sermon unpacking that this morning. We're not going to because I wanted to circle back to the question we started our time together today, which is this. Are we ready to be faithful what God is asking of us in 2023? And let's look at two points from this passage of Scripture that will equip us to be faithful to what God is calling us to as a church this year. Amen? So that in mind, the title of today's message is this, 2023, are we ready? So the first point from the story going look at is this, listening. How do we create space to listen? In verse 4, we see Jesus address Saul by name and his response in verse 5 is, who are you, Lord? But then we juxtapose that with Ananias' response in verse 10, who when he hears Jesus speaks, he responds with, here I am, Lord. One knew Jesus' voice because he was listening. The other had to be interrupted and didn't recognise Jesus' voice. What do we have going on in our lives that we perhaps need to be interrupted from? On a deeper level for all my Bible nerds out there, there's an interesting parallel to those exchanges as we see with the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's how Samuel, when God goes to him, Samuel goes multiple times and then he responds finally with, here I am, Lord. And what I find fascinating when I was looking at this passage was that when Saul was going on his mission, he actually thought he was doing it for God. He thought what he was doing was the will of God. He already thought he was travelling the right way, he was doing it. But then in the middle of something he was so committed to, Jesus interrupts him and opened his eyes both physically and spiritually. I wonder if for some of us here, is God calling our names but we're too busy or too distracted to hear what he's asking us to do in 2023? And stopping to listen is a hard thing. Trust me, I often love jamming tunes in the car. I'm a massive podcast man. And I'd like to fill my quiet moments with noise. But when I read Ananias' response in verse 10, it actually forced me to stop. Ananias heard Jesus' voice because he was listening. And not only that, but he knew his Saviour's voice. So the question that we can pose to ourselves off the back of this is, Are we creating space to listen? And if Jesus asked us to do something, would we? But how do we create space to listen? I grew up in the church in the 90s, so I often heard a lot about this thing called a quiet time. And give me a wave if you remember the 90s and you heard the quiet time preached as well. And I can remember sitting in some of those services as a wee little dude going, man, what could be worse than sitting around doing nothing? I could be playing my Game Boy and my Game Boy Colour. Shout out to all my fellow 90s kids, you understand. Or I could be watching TV or even back then I was like, I could be doing anything else but sitting still. And the older I've gotten, it seems like there are even more things competing for space in my life. You know, like a job, paying bills, the latest episode of your current TV show of choice, my personal kryptonite, YouTube. And that's not even including my role as a husband, as a father, or what my primary focus should be, a follower of Jesus. And I'm sure for many of us, space to sit, pray, and spend unintentional, unhurried time with Jesus can be hard, especially with so many competing things around us that are trying to take our focus. And whilst the church of the 90s may have not gotten everything right, I think they may have been onto something with this idea of a quiet time because let's be honest, it's actually not something they came up with. 
It's something we see our Saviour Jesus throughout Scripture model when he retreats to go be with his Father. It's something we see Ananias doing here in verse 10. Listening is a practice that not only takes time but intentionality to cultivate in our lives. But when we begin to listen to what God is saying to us, that's where incredible things can happen. And little by little, we will begin to know the sound of our Saviour's voice more and more. And there's no one right way to hear God's voice. For some of us, you may hear an audible voice. For others of us, it may be a thought that pops into our minds that we don't know where it came from. And for others, it may be a feeling that we just can't shake that God's trying to tell us something. And a great resource to unpack this idea of what it means to hear God's voice is Dallas Willard's incredible book, Hearing God. And I can personally clearly remember that during one of the lockdowns, and I can't remember which one it was because they've all kind of blended into one at this point. I've tried to repress it from my memory as we all have. They were locked down. But I've been reading a book by Shane Claiborne called The Irresistible Revolution. And as I was putting it down for the evening, trying to drift off to sleep, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to write letters to my neighbours. Some of you may have heard this story before, but the next day I got up and I turned to Talisha and I said, hey, honey, I think we, the Holy Spirit is telling us we should write some letters to our neighbours. Talisha looked at me puzzled and gone, all right, guess we're doing this. So I got Talisha to get out in the notepad because she has much better handwriting than me because if I'd written those letters by hand, they would have needed the Spirit to interpret it, put it that way. So then we wrote these letters and we asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to say to these people we've never met before? Then under the cover of darkness, so we didn't look that weird. Like this, is, this is pre-8 o'clock, so don't report me, so it's fine. We put these letters into our neighbour's mailbox. And a few days went by, and truthfully, we probably forgot about it because we were too busy lost watching something on TV. But then one day I went to check the mailbox, and there was a letter from our neighbour across the road, thanking us for our letter. It turned out she was living on her own during that time, and it really meant something that someone was looking out for her. Then one by one, letters started coming in from each of our neighbours. And all of a sudden, a door was opened up. And I often reflect and ponder to myself, what would have happened if I hadn't have been listening? The relationship with one of those neighbours still goes to stay. She moved away, but she actually came to visit Deacon after he was born. All from a move of the Holy Spirit. We don't know her background, we don't know her faith, but all of a sudden, a door was opened through listening. What doors in our life is God asking us to open this year? Because Ananias listened to what God was asking him. God used him to pray for a man who would go on to bring the good news of Jesus to both Jews and Gentiles and whose writings still impact us to this day. In 2023, are we ready to create space to listen to our Saviour? To get super practical this morning, why don't we try turning off our devices on the, way to walk, on the way to work or when we go for a walk? And instead of listening to something and filling up that space, why don't we instead ask God to speak to us? Imagine if by creating that space, God spoke to you about the plans that he has for you for this year. He unpacked the dreams that he has for you. Imagine if he gave you words of knowledge to share with someone. Imagine if he put someone's name on your heart that needed to hear a phone call in a time of need. Imagine if just by sitting with him, you found the peace your soul's been looking for. But as I noted before, we are conditioned by our culture to not enjoy the quiet. So be kind to yourself. Why not start simply by setting a five-minute timer? Or why not maybe just turn the TV off while you do the dishes? 
or if you arrive five minutes early to a meeting, which you should, by the way, Ty, that's fine. Instead, <laughs> not calling him out, he's a great man. But if you arrive somewhere five minutes early, why not sit instead of scrolling and look around and see what God will tell you? The, the key to creating space to listen to God this year is to simply start somewhere. Going back to Ananias' response in verse 10, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. So how do we get ready to be faithful to what God is asking us in 2023? By listening. The second way we get ready is our second point for this morning, which is this, willingness. How do we grow our willingness? When we return to our passage of Scripture, we see that both Saul and Ananias had to actually get out of their respective comfort zones. In verse 8 to 9 we read, Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. Saul, a leader, a man of great stature, found himself blinded and had to rely on his travelling companions to help him. For someone of that authority, I'm sure this is not something he would have been used to. And I'm sure that if any of us lost our ability to see as well, we would not be comfortable. And then we read about Ananias in verse 13 to 16. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has the authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, kings and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Understandably, Ananias is extremely uncomfortable with this thought of being sent to Saul, especially as we heard before, Saul's reputation went before him and all the believers of the way of Jesus knew who this man was. And later on when we read in Acts, Saul actually goes to the apostles and they had the exact same response as well. Understandable hesitation even after he's had this encounter with Jesus. And as I was reading these two passages, I found myself being drawn towards this idea of operating within our comfort zones. Much like noise, we're actually preconditioned by our wider culture to value comfort as one of our highest priorities. If something makes us uncomfortable, we don't have to do it. But what are the consequences of this kind of conditioning? As followers of Jesus, our walk with him will be uncomfortable at times and it will require us to step out of our comfort zones. And it's often through these uncomfortable things where our faith grow, grows, as we have to rely not on ourselves, but we have to rely solely upon our Heavenly Father. This is something the Apostle Paul, Saul was his Jewish name, who we've just been looking at, found himself willingly followed the way of Jesus. In Romans 5, verse 3 to 5, we see him writing about how suffering produces endurance, which produces character, and how character produces hope, because of God's love that's been poured into the hearts of us through the Holy Spirit. So even if God is asking us to do something uncomfortable like we see with Ananias here, will we be willing? And as I look around this room this morning, I see so many willing people, people who are sold out to what it means to follow the way of Jesus, no matter where it leads, people who are willing to not only serve one another but pray for one another and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, people who set a fantastic example of what it means be a willing follower of Jesus to those around him. A recent example of this 
who was actually a pizza in the car park event. Give me a wave if you enjoyed that night. So, a bit of backstory and a bit of context. When we originally were planning the event, myself and the team were sitting there and we said, yeah, we'll get about 250 people, everyone's away, it's close to Christmas. So we thought that was best case scenario. Anyway, the Wednesday rolls around and we check the registrations, all of a sudden we've got 300. By the time we closed the registrations, we had over 480 people registered for that evening. As you can imagine, our estimates were a little bit off. <laughs> probably sit there, and there were many frantic phone calls because we realised we actually had to scale up the event because we'd actually scratched an itch of what the community wanted. But this is where I saw the willingness of our community come into play. There were people leading up to that week who were driving around buying as many buns as they could for the sliders around Melbourne. Every Coles hated us. We were clearing them out everywhere we went. There were other people who were driving over buying literally kilos upon kilos of potato gems. People who saw a need when we asked them were willing to go, how can I help out in a super practical way, they did it, church. Because their heartbeat was, how can we serve our community and reach those that don't know Jesus? So we had people on the night put it, picking up gazebo, sorry, setting up gazebos early, folding pizza boxes and doing who knows how many Coles runs and we don't know where those receipts are gone. So sorry, accounts department, we'll find it. But it was incredible. We had incredible people cooking on the grill. We had people running potato gems outside. And we even had people that reached out to community and said, hey, can we actually make sure those with dietary requirements have something they can eat? People willing to step out of their comfort zone to help out. We even had a gentleman from another church who we reached out to him whilst he was on annual leave who heard about what we we're doing. We needed a big mixer to make Pastor Nathan and Steve's pizza dough. He let us come over to his home so we could use it on his annual leave. He doesn't even go to this church. But when he heard it was something to reach community, he goes, how can I be willing to help? People saw an opportunity to reach the community and they were willing to be a part of it, even if it meant for many of them stepping out of their comfort zones. And this is just one event, church. Hope Tour, every single year, stretches the young leaders that come be a part of this outreach event because honestly there's barely a moment in that week where they're probably in their comfort zones. But always by the end of the week, there is so much spiritual growth in these young leaders. Perhaps for some of us here this morning or watching online, we've been living in our comfort zones for too long. And this is a year where we step out and trust that God has got us and see leads. For Ananias, the willingness to follow Jesus led him to the house where Saul was. And once there, he was used to minister to Saul a man that instead of persecuting the early church, like he was, would go on to strengthen it instead. Just because we can't see how something's going to turn out doesn't mean we shouldn't be willing to give it a go if that's what God's asked of us. So then how do we grow our willingness? In my life, it's come from spending time with my Saviour and trusting Him and actually putting myself into different situations. And not all of them have been massive, super spiritual moments like what Ananias found himself in. Some have been quite seemingly ordinary or mundane moments. It's been moments like going out for a coffee with someone and hearing their story, joining a team at church or going to a connect group. And through these moments of being willing to step out, I found myself growing more and more with my saviour. I might invite Tegan and the whole team up if I could actually. And talk about willingness Tegan's actually 28 weeks pregnant and she's still serving our community. So can we give her a massive round of applause? 
She's not only 28 weeks pregnant, she's 28 weeks pregnant with twins. So give her another round of applause. So what are the actions that we can take to grow in our willingness? And much like silence, hear me when I say this, church, be gracious to yourself. Don't go from everything to nothing. It takes time to learn to step out of our comfort zone. If you've been thinking about getting more involved in church and have felt hesitant due to not wanting to leave your comfort zone, why not step out this year? Why not make 2023 different to 2022? This community is a safe and incredible place to grow in your faith so you can be equipped to be released to the call of God that's on each of your lives. When we once again look at Ananias' willingness to do what Jesus had asked of him, we can see there was a huge level of faith on his behalf to trust not only what, that he'd heard from Jesus, but that he would be protected from Saul. Church, God has us. When we step out in following our Saviour, He has us and He will go before us and He does go before us. It's through these moments of obedience to His calling that we grow more and more in our trust and faith. When our name is called, what will we answer? Will we answer like Saul, who are you, Lord? Or we answer like Ananias and say, here I am, Lord. Every new year is big. It presents challenges. It presents time of hope, time of renewal. But for this year, are we ready to listen to where God is leading us? And are we willing to be faithful to where that may lead? I might get you all to stand up this morning if you don't mind. So how do we get ready to be faithful to what God is asking of us in 2023? We create space to listen to our Heavenly Father, to hear what He's saying to us, to just sit as we just sang in those lyrics, to sit at His feet and once again hear Him. And the second is, will we be willing to follow Him no matter where He calls us? A journey with Jesus is an adventure and it should be an adventure. For some of you here this morning, the journey God's brought you on to this point has been incredible. I had dinner with a gentleman on Friday night who shared his story with me and I was blown away. He'd been in and out of jail multiple times. Fantastic guy. And then in the middle of that, God got a hold of his life. He went through Teen Challenge, he completed it. He became a counsellor in that course as well because God asked him and prompted him to. He now has a wife and a son. And I watched him because the first thing that he did when his son was born, we were chatting about it, he prayed for his son. Look at the journey the Holy Spirit brought him on and transformed him. Look at Saul's story we've just looked at. God flipped the script. A man who started off persecuting the church would end up growing the church. So as we stand in 2023, do our scripts need to change? Do we need God to intervene? And what I had originally written on my notes and what I changed this sermon was, I actually felt that we needed to respond this morning to be willing to get out of our comfort zones. And when Pastor Charles did the altar call and the Holy Spirit was moving, I thought, Lord, 
This is what I had in my notes too. So we're gonna do the opposite step to what we saw in there. The band's gonna play quietly, but with all your heads bowed and eyes closed, ask God to speak to you about what He has for you for 2023. We're gonna spend a few minutes listening. And if God puts something on your heart, can I encourage you, write it down, pray on it. So the band's just gonna play behind, let's just sing the lyrics to nothing else. And then yeah, we're gonna spend a few minutes hearing God. Lord, speak to us this morning. Thank you, Father.